Now, tomorrow starts a very significant week in South Af- on South Africa's calendar. It's Child Protection Week, a week set aside to talk about um, ways, strategies and solutions with regard to the protection of children. Very good afternoon to you. Welcome to Newsbreak Talk. I'm Tadej Sharif Bashad. I'll keep you company for the next hour and we've got an important discussion today. Something that I think affects every single home because many homes have children and children are, as we understand it, uh, a very vulnerable section of the society. And I think it was highlighted this week when... Um, Police in KwaZulu-Natal uh, arrested five suspects in connection with the kidnapping of three children at um, Mada Deni near Newcastle. And um, this was after the children were abducted while being driven to school. And what happened in that particular case was the driver had waved down. Um, the driver was you know, transporting the children to school and then they were waved down under the pretext that something was wrong with the vehicle. The attackers fled with the car and three children still in it and they were kept at a house at um, Osizweni while a ransom was demanded from the family. And then the parents of 13-year-old Katleko Marite from Emala Hleni Numpumalanga still baffled as to why their child was kidnapped. So I think we're talking about four kids in total that faced a very grisly week from a safety perspective. Um, the, the, the child in Numpumalanga was kidnapped by three men the past weekend while playing with his friends on the street. And um, we understand that there was a ransom asked demanding bitcoins in order to have the boy released. So there you go. I mean, this issue of kidnapping surfacing its head and 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 made us wonder how safe are children on all contexts whether they're at school whether they're in the home whether you're walking with them at the mall um we know children are vulnerable but how then do you as an adult or parent or guardian ensure that your child is safe what are the mechanisms and 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 i think ultimately do you even you know Give thought to a mechanism, a structure, a plan in place to ensure that your child is safe. Or do you just take it for granted that, you know, if you're around, um, your child's going to be safe. But as we've learned and we've uncovered many times here on Newsbreak Talk, a lot of elements at play that could jeopardize any life. So it's important to take that into account. So to help you understand exactly what some parents or guardians um feel about child protection and what strategies they implement in their homes and in their surroundings. We spoke to, I think, many mothers who um, raised their issue of child safety. We didn't want to ask them what their concerns are necessarily. We wanted to ask them what their solutions are. And they wanted to share their solutions with you so that you may learn on how to go about providing safety for your children. These are views of some mothers um, across KwaZulu-Natal and how they go about ensuring safety of their children. Thanks to technology, cell phones are a good way of knowing where your kids are. I continuously call my maid and check on my kids. I call the driver if he's five minutes late to fetch them. I have an alarm system at home and if there is a problem, mm-hmm. they know where to, when to press or where to press the emergency switch. When we go to malls, I always hold their hands and don't let go. I try my best to uh, keep them safe. My kids travel with the transport. I've taught them that they only uh, they are only allowed to go with their transport lady. If she is sending another transport, I make sure I ch- I check the transport before they go. Uh, we have a code at home where they're not allowed 
to leave the home if we are if I'm not around and if they meet a stranger the stranger needs to tell them a code that my husband and I have with them before they enter any vehicle I've already taught my kids not to speak to strangers and not just not to play outside with no adults in the yard um, well they safe all the time because I'm at home so when I'm not there's always somebody here in the yard to watch them when I drop my kids off at school um, I make sure that they know that no one is allowed to pick them up apart from me their dad or their grandparents they are also not allowed to go anywhere near the fences of the school or the gates um, if when they finish school they do not see uh, me or my parents at the gates they have been warned to go to their respected teachers um, and wait in their classrooms um, I've also taught my kids that if they are taken by a stranger they are not allowed they are not allowed to um, just scream um, they are instructed to scream you are not my mom you are not my dad you are stealing me please put me down I want my mommy having an open mind relationship with your children as long as they are honest you don't have a problem um, knowing their whereabouts makes it a lot easier as parents on parents we constantly teach them about stranger dangers that is not going off with a stranger not taking anything from a stranger and not going off on their own either when at home i ensure that all entrances and exits to the property or house are secure and that I know where they are. We teach and remind the children to not open gates or doors to let anyone in. We are vigilant of them no matter where we are because the reality is that nearly anyone and anywhere or anytime could be a potential threat to the children's safety. If we are not present, then we ensure that a trusted, responsible adult is with them at all times. I think that kids should be made streetwise and always be aware of their surroundings so that they are protected at all times. I spoke to her from an early age. She knows not to touch and not to talk to anyone that she doesn't know. She's not allowed to stand alone or to speak to her. She's always to be in a group. and. If anyone comes close to her or touches her in any way, pulls her hand, she knows that she must scream, kick, bite and run. As a single parent, I have to be both mom and dad and be extra vigilant. To keep my kids safe, I need to know exactly where they are. I drop and pick them up from the malls or the friend's house and I do not allow them to go with anyone else. I know my kids' friends and their parents so I know what type of friends they have. When my kids go out, I also contact their friends' parents. There's always one parent present whenever my daughter and her friends go. My family has a code word, so if anyone approaches them and says there's an emergency and they need to take them home, my kids have to ask for the code and then only will they go with that person. Our children's safety is our top priority. My husband and I both make sure that we are always available if they need to be taken somewhere or picked up. That is never left to anybody else. They are both dropped off at school, within the school gates and picked up 
in the same manner every single day. There's no unsupervised visits to the mall or to friends' houses. There's no sleepovers allowed. The friends that they do have, we make sure we are in contact with and we know who their friends are. And we engage with them so that we are aware of who they are with and what activities they they are involved in. This way, they feel free to let us know what is going on with their lives. They know that they don't have to hide anything from us and that we are always available and open to listen to them. And if they do have any problems, anybody is bothering them, they know they can come and tell us at any time. In the day and age that we are living in, we have to take extreme measures to ensure the safety of our children. It is a sad reality that in our current times, our children are often in danger from people that they know. And it is a really poor reflection on those that use the friendship and ties with children and families to their own devious means. There you go. Those are some of the tips and strategies and solutions that many across the country implement in order to ensure child protection and child safety. I wonder what your thoughts are about that. And we're also going to speak to the experts and find out what is the best way. So keep listening to Newsbreak Talk today as we put child safety on the map. Just after a quarter past one on Newsbreak Talk with me, Tadesh, and let's say a very warm welcome to Danesha Singh, and she's a social worker and child protection expert from the Child Welfare Durban and District. Danesha, thanks for your time. Thank you, Tadesh, for having me here at Lotus FM. Yeah, and we're just very grateful that you took the time out to come and talk to us about child protection because I think it's 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 alarming, you know, when you hear of a child on their way to school and then they get kidnapped. It makes you wonder about the other kinds of threats that are available, um, you know, that children are exposed to. I think maybe let's start off by, you know, identifying the space that you come from and and what is it exactly that child welfare tries to do uh, in terms of trying to enable child protection and safety. Okay, Child Welfare Durban and District is a non-government organization we are the largest child welfare in South Africa. Our core function is the protection of children, and our services extend from Durban North to Isipingo. Mm-hmm. We have seven teams that focus on the protection of children and a specialized adoption team. We also have two child and youth care centers, one of which is William Clark, and the other is Lake Haven Child and Youth Care Center. So you have quite a lot of centers that, that facilitate this. But I think, you know, let's shift away from that and now talk about the actual threats that exist to children. Help us identify it. You know, what are some of the threats that children are exposed to these days? Okay, uh, when a child is at school, the lesson which a child needs to learn from the parent should be reinforced at the school. In addition to this, school could cover child safety within their curriculum. The following basis could be reinforced. And some of the, uh, the, 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 the basics are avoid getting to a car with strangers. Mm. Don't walk away with anyone other than yeah. a parent or a person who has arranged to pick you up. Yeah. And I think that came through very strongly mm-hmm. when we spoke to those mothers there. So, so yes. you know, like help us. I, th- I think the, the point of this conversation would be to, to leave everybody with some tips on how to mm-hmm. go about doing that. So, you know, the, the, it's an age old thing. Don't talk to strangers. How do yes. you ensure that your child doesn't talk to a stranger? Okay, uh, we need to 
Parents need to teach their children that if the lift club is late, they should not wait outside the school property, but inform their educators. Educators can contact the lift clubs or the parents of the child. Mm. The administ- administrator should have a list of contact details for the lift club drivers, and this should be monitored and supervised by the school. Mm. And, and you know the thing is, you know, you have these programs in place, but ultimately these are children and. You know, what's the best term to describe this? They are, you know, they're easily alarmed. You know, mm-hmm. a little kid looking through different eyes at, at the world. Um, w- what happens when, you know, a child is placed in a situation where they don't know what to do and they just think, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go with this stranger or I'll seek this sort of assistance. You know, how do you create that um, grounding at home with the child? Okay, we need to have open communication between the parents and the children. That is the key. You know, safety tips allow us that the home atmosphere should be such that the children can let parents know what is going on in their life. Teach children the rights to say no, you know, particularly in uncomfortable situations. Inform them of possible measures of how to escape from the car if they forcibly held captive. Parents should keep an up-to-date colored photo of their child and if possible get a fingerprint of the child. It is important to teach children how to avoid being seized, how to resist a potential captor and how to escape. I just want to quickly just run down about Mm. how to, to escape. Don't walk away with anyone other than a parent or the person who was already arranged to take care of them that particular day. Remember, an adult does not need help from a child, not to find a puppy or not anything. Mm. If an adult is asking you for help, that is a warning sign. Know the rules, what is okay and what is not okay. And have confidence to take action if you feel someone is trying to take advantage of you. And I think one of the, um, you know, the... What came through strongly, and I found it quite interesting with with many parents that we spoke to, was this issue of a code word. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about you know the efficacy of that, and, and how ultimately that something like that could work, and how do you go about creating uh, such a mechanism within your family? Okay, I think it's very important for parents to uh, speak to their child in code words so that they'll be able to understand the parent and the child will be also be able to understand and comprehend something in simple, like, for example, SAFE, S-A-F-E, something easy for the child. Mm. It depends on the child's age appropriate. Yeah. So we're looking at uh, maybe a number. They and remember the, the, the contact uh, number of the parent as well as a close friend, how they can reach that person. So when they're in a situation and they are uncomfortable, they know exactly how to code that. Yeah. And exchange yeah. that. Well, hey, listen, you can call us at home. It's 089-310-8789. We are talking to uh, Mrs. Danesha Singh. She's from the Child Welfare Durban and District. She's a social worker and a child uh, protection expert there. We've heard some great tips on how to go about creating and ensuring that there's, uh, uh, how to create and ensure that there's a, um, you know, safety mechanism for you and your child to ensure that your children are protected. So let's expand on that. Share with us some of your thoughts. Share with us some of your tips in terms of um, what you implement in your home, how it works. And ultimately, if you have a question that you'd like to ask us, please give us a call. It's 89 
The views and opinions expressed on Newsbreak Talk do not represent those of SABC News or Lotus FM. We're talking about child safety today. Child Protection Week starts tomorrow and we're focusing on that. How do you ensure that your child is safe for all the time? And uh, what are the mechanisms that you can do to implement that when you're, even when you're not with your child? So you can call us now and give us your thoughts. Let's go to Mrs. Naidu on the line. Hello, Mrs. Naidu. Hello. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Um, hello. In fact, uh, I must say um, thanks very much for the very informative talk. Mm. Um, my son was actually taken away by hijackers yeah. about four years ago. Uh, for, uh, he was actually um, waiting for his lift club, mm. and uh, the lady that picks him up um, didn't have proper, uh, what I would say, a proper transport for them. Yeah. So the children were in a vanza. My son and another child were sitting right at the back of that vanza. So mm. she loads the children in the van, it was, I think, in January, just when school opened, 2013 or 2014. Mm. So when they went to drop off a child on the main road, the hijackers um, pulled her out of the van and asked all the children to jump off the vehicle. Yeah. My son and another child were actually stuck at the back. They could not jump off because the back door does not open and the seat that they have to jump through, the hijacker sat on that seat. The hijackers drove off with my child yeah. and the other child, yeah. okay? Yeah. And they dropped them off en route to Amlazi. Yeah, were they safe? Were okay. they injured? Were, were your children, I mean, your child, apparently was the hijackers, Apparently the hijackers were verbally abusing them. They asked them for cell phones, and these were like grade six children yeah. at that time, okay? My child was thrown out of that vehicle Thank God that both the children were not hurt. Mm. No educator, no um, nobody that was um, actually um, that had actually witnessed that uh, even drove off behind those hijackers. It must have been about two o'clock that afternoon. Yeah. The two children walked all the way back to the school. Okay, and from there they were actually um, uh, uh, given a lift back home, and we didn't know a thing. Mm. Okay, but we knew that that van had been hijacked, and this lady never answered her cell phone. Okay? Mm. And she didn't even have the audacity to come back and apologize. She was more interested in, if the police come, just tell them that she was not doing a lift club. And up until today, four years gone, we haven't received any news, any feedback of that whatsoever. Mm. Gosh, that sounds like a really traumatic experience. And I mean, I'm you know, obviously one sympathizes with you, but explain to me since that time, you know, what have you, what changes have you made to ensure that your child is safe even when you're not around your child? Yes. So I have another son who's in the same school. He's not allowed to leave the school gates until uh, my husband, myself, or my father-in-law or relative fetches him. Yeah. I even say to him, even if, he, uh, even if uh, we are late, please sit at the office ensure that the teachers or the principal knows that you're sitting there, mm. you know, but not all schools comply, mm. you know, um, so we are checking on that all the time. Wow. And the lift clubs as well, they need to know that they have to have reliable vehicles. They need to know that if they are carrying children, should something happen, contact the parents immediately. 
Mrs. Naidu, we thank you so much for sharing your uh, your story with us. I think many can learn from that, and I think the information you've provided is essential on how to, you know, what could happen should you not have these things in place, and then how to go about creating it. Thanks for sharing us, sharing with us your story. Anushka is from Johannesburg. Hello, Anushka. Hi. Good afternoon, Talesh. How are you? Well, thanks. Thanks for holding. Well, thank you. I'm calling you from Johannesburg. My main mm. concern is today's parents only think about convenience. Uh, they go to work in their cars and they organize lift clubs for their children. They don't even inspect the quality of the vehicle. They don't do a credit check on the driver. Uh, and then, you know, when problems arrive, they're too quick to blame uh, the lift club. So, you know what, the onus lies on the parents uh, on the safety of their kids. And another thing that I would like to bring up is social media. Yeah. I would like to urge every parent, if it's your child's birthday, if it's something to do with your child, please do not post their pictures on Facebook. Why? They are innocent. Yeah, explain to me why, though. I've heard this a lot from many parents telling me we don't like to publicize our child where we are, what activities we're undergoing, um, because we're afraid. What could you be afraid of? Uh, they could be friends from people all over the world. And you don't know which pedophile is going through your profile. And then automatically they see the picture of your child. Then they want to contact you. Then you give them details. You give them telephone numbers. You tell them which school your child is in. And then when your child goes missing, then you want to know why. And I think, you know, every parent should think about putting their their children's pictures on Facebook. Mm, Very interesting. Anushka, we thank you so much for that call. I think it's valuable information. I'm really enjoying the feedback coming through from you at uh, right now on... uh, um, on the calls, because many of you are raising some really tangible issues, and I think that's the service that Newsbreak Talk wanted to provide, or rather that's the information that Newsbreak Talk wanted to disseminate today, to give you a very tangible discussion as to what the threats are that affect your child, and what steps you can then take to mitigate those threats. Joining me today in the studio, I'm very fortunate, we've got Danisha Singh, she's from Child Welfare Durban and District, she's a social worker there, and a child protection expert. Danisha, I think let's just let's just talk about these two callers and what they've raised with us. I think the first one was um, talking about, I mean, you know, and, and you started off by talking to us about the role a school plays with regard to, um, you know, providing protection mm-hmm. to a child. Um, and, and I think uh, what Mrs. Naidu suggested was that there's not always compliance. Mm-hmm. You know, your thoughts on how does one then go about ensuring that there's a better compliance and that, you know, school or you know the infrastructure around the school is aware that the children are at risk at threat mm-hmm. yes yeah well i think the resources you know uh, around us especially in our community we need to ensure uh, you know safety and the security of the children are very vital mm-hmm. and the only way we're going to work with this is by working with the educators we're going to be working with um, you know the the lift club drivers the administrators at the office your social workers in the in the community as as well as the police the police uh, plays a vital role in yeah. the community you know yeah. uh, we need to make them aware yeah. i know you were talking to me about some of the in, you know, the, the integral relationship you as a social mm. worker has formed with police in terms yes, of yes. you know, effectively providing the, the protection you need to do your job. Um, talk to me about how then schools or communities should create a relationship with police from a patrol perspective, specifically around, you know, as they say, home mm. time. I think we need to have meetings, you know, meetings should be held maybe weekly or monthly. 
especially in the communities. I mean, we also work with Department of Social Development and community organizations. So all of these you know, role players need to come together and look at the safety mechanisms of how we can protect our children within the community. Mm. And if that is possible, you know, then we are ensuring some safety for our all our children. You know, both the callers <laughs> who've called through today raised um, something very important. And I think Rachel and I are sitting in studio and we're saying, aha, aha, that's our next bit of information to research in our next talk show. Um, the efficacy of um, lift clubs. You know, how would you advise a parent to ensure that they research a lift club correctly because you know many are talking about some of the risks involved and i know we've often spoken about overloading of vehicles and accidents we've been the department of education has been talking about it a lot what are some of your tips to parents when facilitating a lift club process okay i think parents must ensure that whenever they get a lift club for their children they need to know who the lift club driver is going to be they need to ensure the safety of their child to and fro to school and back make sure that they have a contact number of the driver especially now in uh, i know one of the callers mentioned that in this day and age you know it's difficult for for us to keep you know a buzz with the work that we have around us yeah. but at the end of the day we need to realize that we need to have our children safe and the only way we're going to have our children safe is by we having contact numbers we need to pay attention mostly and particularly to uh you know the, the name of the person the name the address the person where they from so these the, the parents also need to play a vital role in yeah. getting the correct yeah. and i think person. also maybe some advice then would be vital is to um get a reputable scholar transport Yes, facility. Yes. I mean, if somebody has a car in the area and they say, well, can take your child, mm-hmm. doesn't really make it the most safest thing you could do. I wonder your thoughts on that. Yes. Yeah. It, you know, you have to you you have to ensure that your child is safe. And the only way you're going to do this is you need to make sure that the person that is going to take your child is responsible, you know, and you can depend on that person mm. because you are not there. Mm. You know, mm. and of course, roadworthiness of that vehicle. Mm-hmm. Where is your child going to sit? I mean, the lady who called us, her child was hidden mm. in a compartment. I mean, you know, it just just makes you wonder. You know, where is your child going to sit? You know, uh, says are there safe uh, safety belts? You know, that kind of thing. One one needs to consider. But mm-hmm. yes, much more to go through. We are also going to talk about the issue of convenience and 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 simply setting up something and they're not having a follow through on it. We do live in a very busy time, and we all have mm-hmm. to, you know. Uh, do work in order to earn money so that we can give children the best. So I think that's one to uh, balance as well. And social media risks. So we're going to talk about all of that now. But let's go to Links on the line. Hello, Links. Hi, how are you? Very well, thanks. Good. Yeah, I had I had a daughter, Marissa, and I that was kidnapped from the school and murdered for ransom. Really? You know the one in Benoni where they found her in the suitcase. Mm. Yeah. Well, the, the, that whole case was a corrupt case from the end, you know, from from the offset right to the end. And I mean, I've been right to to Pretoria to talk to one of the uh, uh, national commissioner, national general commissioner. Yeah. And I even told him, I said, by the time you're left, these people are gonna, these people are gonna, uh, they're going to commit suicide. 
And it's been like this. One of my best friends had to hang himself. You know? Well, there is a perpetrator that's still out there that murdered my child. You know, so the school wouldn't take the blame uh, because the um, the department... Yeah, yeah. I, I Links, I'm gonna, uh, Links, I'm going to ask you to hold the line. I'm going to ask you to hold the line and we will take this conversation off, off air for a second. Just, just hold the line and we'll get your details. Uh, I think that's the extent of it, though. Hey, the you can lose your child. That is the that is the um, reality of it. You can lose your child if you're not careful. Or, I mean, irrespective. I mean, I don't know what what what, what links in the story he's got there to tell. I mean, we're tracking that offline now. But you know, one wonders what do I as a parent do? Can do to in order that and uh, to ensure that my child is safe. But yes, I mean, we were talking about. Um, convenience and and that was an issue raised i know a lot of you know both parents work now and they they work so they have a transport facility for the child to school then they have maybe aftercare and then possibly if not aftercare the child comes home and is potentially unsupervised and 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 you know let's make this clear nobody is judging that this is a modern society this is what people have to we understand this is what people have to do in order to make ends meet but um taking that into account it's a lot to juggle so could child protection you know fall by the wayside what then should parents be doing when they have a busy life like this what is the checklist to ensure that you know their child there's an infrastructure in place to see to it that their child is taken care of when they're busy with work and life okay our parents need to be responsible parents need to contact their children whether they're at home check on them if they arrived back at home. Uh, parents also need to ensure if they have their child in aftercare, phone, check how their child is doing. Uh, also look when, when they come from work. Uh, pay attention to the changes uh, of your child's behavior. Make certain that uh, when you send your child, their lunchbox or their clothing items are not labeled. Uh, and then develop a plan of action mm. uh, with the families for emergencies and crisis situation. You know, uh, practice and rehearse, you know, with the children that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you're teaching your children certain rules and responsibilities and they need to be confident, especially when they're following through an escape uh, technique. You know, we need to uh, emphasize that uh you know, especially we were talking about the busy day in one's life. We need to make sure that parents take time to remember their children. What should happen at the end of the day? You know, what is the conversation that parents need to have with the child so that they're aware that this is what happened and maybe I need to rework my strategy? Okay, parents need to also reflect. They need to understand their child. They need healthy communication with their child and the healthy communication is also observing the child you know observing the child seeing how the child's behavior is at the end of the day when they come from work and uh, that tells the parent a lot about their child what should they look for they should look for behavior how was their day how how's the verbal speech with them they need to interact with the child i mean you need to set quality time with your child. And quality time is one hour in a day. So that quality time means a lot to the child. 
and we need to identify what's going on in the day with the child. You can't come from work and then, you know, you had a horrible day and forget, you know, you've got responsibilities as a parent to look out what's wrong with your child. It's important that as parents, we need to understand, communicate and work with our children. You know, I want to spend some time on this issue of communication. It's almost not, you know, I think physically a child safety issue. Uh, uh, before we come to that, let's go to Yasmin Roy on the line. Hi, ma'am. Hi, Taresh. How are you? Very well, thanks. Uh, Taresh, mm. my top, uh, the topic I want to speak about is, yeah. you know, children when they come from school mm. with the lift club, yeah. I've noticed a lot of this happening. When the uh, lift club is dropping them, the mm. driver himself or the lady, they don't wait for the child, uh, the child will jump off. They don't wait for the child to go into the house. Let whoever is going to get the child, whether it's a parent or the maid or whoever, the, the child just comes out and starts running. How sure are they? Is there anyone at the, at the house to collect the child? Mm-hmm. Or the child is just going to stand. Sometimes, you know, the maids too are busy inside. They don't open the door yeah. and the child yeah. is waiting outside. This is something that, you know, I, it really, I feel it's uh, of utmost importance. I think that's a very important point, Ms. Roy. Thanks so much for raising that. We'll talk about it as we continue. Um, yeah, I've got some WhatsApps even to go through now, some interesting ones coming through. I'm going to go through them all. Um, but yes, I was talking to you, Dinesha, where, um this may not necessarily be a tangible child protection thing, but the issue of communication. You know, often when we talk to experts and they say you need to create this communication link and um, you know, I wonder how do you go about doing it? I mean, we're taking a lot, a lot into account here. We already indicated a busy day that a parent has. Um, you know, maybe that communication channel in the home is not so open because one assumes that oh, this is my child and I'm sure they're going to be safe. You know, you almost take it for granted. So talk to me about how to go about creating an effective communication channel on anything to ensure that whatever's going wrong or potentially threatening the child could come out in dialogue and conversation on a day-to-day basis. Okay. The effective communication uh, between the parent and child is vital because if you don't know your child and you don't listen to your child, you wouldn't know and understand what the problem is. So by talking to your child, even if your child doesn't talk, look and watch body language. Body language is very important when you are comprehending with your child. And then obviously, if the child is, if you don't seem to be getting through with the child, you need to look at, uh, seek expert advice by the social worker or a clinical psychologist, yeah. or speak to your educator about your yeah. child. And how do you how do you facilitate it? I mean, do you what is the, does the conversation start when you're having a meal, watching TV? Do you you know do you just come out and say, you know, hey, my little girl, how was your day at school? What happened? Is something you want to talk about? Is that how you do it, or is there a particular way? You know, do you set up a time? Do you have it written somewhere that every day at five o'clock we're going to talk? How do you? F- you know, tangibly create this conversation at home? I think every day you need to work with your child. You need to communicate with your child because you know your child better than anyone else. And the more you talk to your child, your child will be able to open up and speak to you. So there's no time, there's no specific, you know, day where you can just observe that your child's having a problem. I think 
the question here is we need to start talking to our child on an everyday basis so that will be able for you as a parent to understand your child better. You know, I think what it would also create is a bit of an awareness. So the child is aware of my rights, you know. So the child will know that when I'm in a situation like this, it's 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 been something that my parents have spoken to me about on a daily basis. So I'm quite, you know, well revised on it. You know, it, it's really going to create that that issue of having um um awareness for the child. Okay. But onto the issue that was raised earlier about social media, but be careful what you publish on social media. Stop putting pictures of your child on. You don't know who is watching, mm-hmm. what their intent is, and how this could open your child up to scrutiny and threat. Your thoughts on that? Yes, it's very important. I heard a caller uh, speaking about, uh, you know, ch- children being put up on Facebook and on media. Uh, it's, uh, it's a no-no. Because, uh, like the caller said, it's pedophile, or it could be, uh, you know, one of uh, one of the uh, common ones that uh, you know we, we we hear about is human trafficking, you know, and and that's not acceptable. It to you it might be putting a lovely, cute little baby picture on the photo, but to somebody else it might be a negative, you know, uh, connotation, and it's not, you know. Uh, one of the healthy things to do by putting, you know, pictures on media. It's mm. getting people out there looking at it in a negative way. Mm. So we need to stop that. We need yeah. to stop and, you know, look at it as uh, something what we're doing is yeah. not a good it's, choice. It's quite alarming then because, you know, you do get a sense that a lot of, uh, you know, I see on the first day of school, you know, a lot of mums are so happy their little child is ready for school and they put the picture, they want to share it, they want to, you know, ex- express mm. themselves. But I, I think one then needs to be mindful. Yeah. Let's just be careful about the amount of information mm-hmm. we put out there. You know, you're talking... Um, on that note, though, talking about social media, we had a lady that that we've interviewed saying that I'm, I rely on technology greatly to keep my child safe. Um, my child has a cell phone. I have a cell phone. I'm constantly calling um, the domestic worker at home to see how they're doing. I, am, I have an alarm system. They know what button to press. They know where the panic button is. And this is ultimately keeping me in contact with... Uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, my, my child's day-to-day occurrence. Your thoughts on technology being used to create that link of always monitoring your child? Is it effective? Yes, it is. It's very effective because with technology, modern technology today, it's uh, it really creates uh, a lot of awareness where your child is. It's uh, safe and, uh, you know, it's reliable. You always know, you know, you can just, you, you, you've got alarm at home, you know the child is safe. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, everything is up to date. So, you know, the child is protected. So technology is, is, is good. But be careful how you use it and in what context you use it in. Mm. Wonderful. Well, we are talking about child safety and we've got uh, Danesha Singh from Child Welfare Durban and District. She's a social worker and child protection expert. I need to go to WhatsApp quickly, but let's go to Ramba first on the line. Hello, Ramba. Good afternoon, God's Angel. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Ramba. Okay, I got a topic to bring up, what mm. I just witnessed two weeks ago. As I was walking to the shop, 
I've seen the children running to the granny's house for water. When I asked them why there's no water in the school, they say, well, the pipe got bust, and uh, the granny stays near, and they are going. I went to them back. I went to the security. I asked him, was the children allowed to go during this hour for them to run to the granny's house or the parents? What are you doing by the gates? Why didn't the educators notify the children that they are getting water or not? So that child, that child thought the granny is near and they ran for water. So what are the educators taking responsibility in the school when something goes wrong with the tap and there's no water there? This is my question to the educators in school or the mm. principal. Mm. They should notify the children that there's no water. They will be getting water or not or what the situation is in school. So I wanted to raise this matter up too, mm. to the school, but I did, just didn't have the time to go, but I'm going to go to the school. Yeah. Yeah. As I know the children, so I went back. I didn't go to the shop, but I checked the, supervisor, the security up, and he knows me. Mm. So I went and asked him, if this is the right time for them to leave, and then what are you doing as the gatekeeper here for the children not in time to go home? Yeah. And they're running for water outside. But yeah. this is not right at all with the schools. Absolutely, because that just jeopardizes the child. I mean, how then do you monitor a child who's running around after school just to get water done? But thanks for that. Thanks for always noticing what uh, the burning issues are and raising it with us. We appreciate it. Anonymous is calling me now. Hello, Anonymous. Hi, Tureshin. My topic for you today is not uh, to be uh, spoken today, but another day when you do okay. come up on here. Okay. It's something that the children play in school. It's called the Satanism game. And that really causes problems for the kids when they come home. Mm. So I want you to have that talk another day. Okay. Thank you so much. All right, I'll investigate that, Anonymous. We appreciate you calling through with this with the suggestion. On that note, I'm going to WhatsApp. Oh, uh, well, our WhatsApp number, you know it by now, 071-613-7803. A very interesting message from Anonymous. There are also schools that do not allow parents or lift clubs to drop or pick their kids up in the school premises. They are forced to drop them off at the road and have to sometimes walk a small distance to school due to traffic. As well as teachers, they're never on gate duty as well. So can we only blame parents and lift clubs? Schools should also play a more active role. I think that's a that's a valid point. You know, when you talk about the fact that... Um, the issue of, of um, uh, teachers on duty at the gate, that's that's pretty important. And I think that would really provide some sort of authority there at the gate. And um, yeah, I mean, a wonderful talk to, to, to raise the question. We can't only blame parents and live clubs, you know, the facilitation role. I think it's, you know, the handover, so to speak. A parent hands over their child to the lift club and they possibly, you know, we expect and we're advising them today to ensure that, you know, it's, your child is safe and, and you understand what the lift club is about, etc. Have those details. And then that lift club then hands over that child now to the school. That also needs to be a safe space that, you know, that school needs to take some sort of responsibility. Often we've, we've discussed about the fact that, you know, schools and, and places of education say, well, my job is to educate and everything else. What happens outside is not necessarily my concern. But you then wonder in terms of a systematic approach when dealing with children, surely schools need to play a more active role. Your thoughts on that, Dinesha? Yes, like I said before, um, schools should cover the safety within their curriculum. And it's important that educators make note or have a list of the, uh, like I said, the drivers 
you know, the uh, lift club drivers as well as the administrators. They should have lists and contact numbers so parents know that their children are safely taken to school and educators need to be, you know, monitoring and supervising the, the, the you know, the children from school to home. Another interesting point there on, on this issue of, um, it's, a, it's a broader issue and it's a nice, you know, I think a global issue here. These days, this is from Anonymous, these days children are no longer attending school in their areas in order to attend better schools. It's time that parents and community members get more involved in local schools to work with the department to upgrade these schools so that children are in familiar surroundings. While this may not eradicate the problem, it may definitely cut down the risk. Interesting point. Keep your child in the community. At least you, if you're working out of that community, you can have somebody responsible for that child you know up the road yes yes that's true hmm. and we got a, a facebook post from dhananjay ragbir he says i would i would like to say my late dad always kept an eye on us four boys anywhere we went because um we used to always go with him everywhere he told us if we lost got lost to go to an information center always showed us or if threatened we make noise always my dad had a distinct whistle once we hear it we know he's around um once he was in trouble he whistled and all four of us ran to his call from just about everywhere we were so ultimately being street smart and alert must be taught from very little that's from dhananjay ragbir uh interesting point there you know um and another one that uh, one of the in- ladies we interviewed she said that if a stranger is trying to trying to t- talk to you or, or get a hold of you um scream that you are not my mummy so i think what would you like parents to teach their children now going forward in terms of um, tools they can use if they get if they got lost in a mall or if somebody is trying to grab them what should parents teach their children at home even before something like this could ever happen okay uh, parents especially in public places never leave your child alone in public places or left alone in a car uh, always accompany your children to the toilets in the public places. Advise them to play around uh, around the area. Always accompany your child on outdoor activities or assign a trusted person that can, you know, watch your child. And never, please never leave your infant with somebody. Always make sure that, you know, you have your, your little child or a little toddler with you. Don't ever leave your child unattended and uh, do your shopping. On WhatsApp, we just got a couple more messages. Before we wrap up, uh, I'd like to raise a crucial point. Your um, helpers and servants can sometimes be the perpetrators in child abductions, whether related to ransom claims or human trafficking. We need to get to grips with the evolution of criminal activities and protect our, our, our kids. You know, um, that comes again to this issue that we spoke about with regard to the lift club. You know, use a reputable lift club or a squalid transport system. So I think the issue is oftentimes, and you see it in local communities, um, if you have staff at home, for instance, um, you tend to just not necessarily verify who your staff is. You know, Do you have the address? Do you have the contact number? Do you know the whereabouts of, of those who are, um, you know, working at your property in your space and then, you know, your children are left with them or uh, exposed to them? 
talk to me about how parents should be a bit more careful about verifying those that enter the property, whether they're there or not. I think it's very important that uh, if we have a helper or anybody that's helping around in the home, that we should have a copy of their identification. That would help us to know whether, uh, you know, uh, know the person better by, uh, you know, the identification. It's also important to have their contact number. Uh, Also to do some little homework, get to find where they stay, uh, speak to people around about about them more. Uh, This is to ensure the safety of your child. Remember, your children are important and the safety that you look around when it comes to your children play a vital role in the home environment, Mm. especially if parents are not there. And we got a text from Sindar Murli. It's quite, a, it's quite an important one. Children must learn the different makes of cars. They should learn to identify the number plate and teachers can make pupils collect pictures of cars. What this will, I think, likely do then is if a child is uh, placed in a situation where, um, you know, they are threatened by a particular car, mm-hmm. then they can, you know, identify it with police. An update on that text about knowing who, you know, the workers are. If helpers are employed legally, you will have all details. I think that, that that's a bigger issue, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to mm-hmm. do things legally in all accounts. So yes. that way you, you have a great more accountability. So I think those are, those are the um, messages that have come through. And it's time to wrap up the conversation now. Um, I think, you know, I, I hope it's been an uh, important sharing of information. I know the issues of lift clubs have been quite significant and we'll likely look into that, how to facilitate that process a little bit better. But I think, you know, ultimately, what is the one message that you would like to leave parents, guardians and community members with to ensure that they create a better sense of child protection and child safety? Uh, the one message that I would like to leave everybody aware of is teach your children rules and give them the confidence uh, that they need to be able to follow through, especially, uh, you know, with escape techniques. Allow them to know the the basics, the basic contact numbers, the, the police, uh, child line, uh, the parents number. These numbers are very important because when you're in the situation, you are able to make contact. I know you've also got some numbers. Should anybody want more advice or to connect with you to get more advice on this, maybe you could help us by leaving some sort of communication contact numbers for Child Welfare Durban and District. Yes. Um, Our offices are based in 20 Clarence Road. That's in Gravel. Our contact number is 031-312-9313. You can get us on Facebook. It's Child Welfare Durban and District. You can find us on Twitter. Our handle is Twitter at child WDD. Our website address is www.cwdd.org.za. Well, on that note, we'll thank you so much, Dinesha Singh from Child Welfare Durban and District, for raising this important issue with us. Thank you, Tarish, for having us. So that's how we'll have to wrap our conversation. I hope you've learned a lot from this. We'll be back again tomorrow between 1 and 2 to give you more cutting-edge current affairs. The broadcast came away courtesy of the team executive producer Salma Patel, Rachel Vadi, and myself, Tarish. So I'll talk to you tomorrow. So, hey, have an awesome day.